Okay, welcome to Free Association. It is Sunday the 13th of August, 2023. It's, it's almost midnight, so it's almost the 14th. But I wanted to play a full interview, full conversation between Maria Z and Dr. Anna Mahasia. Uh, it's it's quite disturbing if it's real. It could be that, that it, there's a lot of confirmation bias going on or there's a lot of uh, manifestation of, yeah, of confirmation bias. So she could just be seeing what she thinks is there, but I don't know. I have no way to know whether it's real or not, so I'm sharing the conversation so that you can, it can hear what's happening and go and look it up. It's Maria Z and it's on Z Media on the Stu Peters Network. Uh, it's an hour and 20 minutes but, uh, and it's got an advert at the beginning. But I'm sharing the whole thing just because I think it's it needs to be in context and they need to make some money somewhere. I'm always a bit suspicious about the Stu Peters Network because he's a bit of a prat. From my point of view, he's obviously going for the Christian money in a big way and he's prepared to do pretty much anything to get it but this is this is worth listening to and I think Maria, Maria Z does a good job and this doctor does a, does quite a good job of explaining the direction of her research and and the way she's looking at the world so so here it is anyway make of it what you will uh, it could be quite informative it could be quite disturbing could be essential listening if you're if you're a diabetic. Uh, but make of it what you will.
we're all familiar with Dr. Anna Mahaita. She really has been leading the investigation along with colleagues, Dr. Nixon, Shimon Yanowitz, Matt Taylor, many others around the world about what is in these shots, what is in the food, what is in the air. And she joins us today to present new evidence that's forming part of her ongoing investigation into transhumanism, including her findings and Dr. Nixon's findings within dental anaesthetics, insulin for diabetics, and the possibility, and this is a big one, that those who did not receive the COVID injections are actually unable to be mind-controlled through this terrifying technology that they are deploying on humanity. It's very, very interesting. So this is to do with frequencies, and she will describe it all in much more detail. But first, we want to talk to you about the sponsors of this show today, offering a great summer gift for doing work around the house. Our sponsor today is Tackright with their mini chainsaw at a 50% discount for our listeners. This new mini chainsaw is so small, it's mind-blowing. The new mini chainsaw makes tree trimming easier and two times faster. This is the easiest chainsaw to use that can even be operated with one hand. Thousands of Americans have bought this mini chainsaw for the summer, their cottages, camping trips, etc. However, for uncensored viewers, we were able to get 50% off from TacRite. Visit http forward slash tacritespn.com today. Orders will ship within one business day from the TacRite warehouse in New York. The link is in the description below. And here's Dr. Mahaja now. We're joined now by Dr. Anna Mahaja. She has been really on the forefront of exposing the nanotechnology, the hydrogel, the strange things that are being found not only in the COVID injection, but also in food, in dental anesthetics, in it seems all products at this point, Dr. Anna, I've been sharing your substack. The evidence is so damning at this point, but you've also been researching outside of your own findings, connecting the dots. And I suppose this is what today's broadcast is really about, just connecting all of those dots for people. Absolutely. And really understanding, you know, in in science, we're supposed to um, ask question open-minded and really that's one way that we find answers you would consider me sort of like this this outsider that's just you know looking into areas that other people don't look at but you can see what i find and i just want to share that with people sort of a sherlock holmes kind of a journey <laughs> well we appreciate that and i think that that connecting the dots is very very important because it seems there's just this web, Dr. Anna, of all of these different programs that are involved in this. Uh, we're going to be doing a series on Uncensored coming up on Agenda 2045, the transhumanist agenda. And so I think that this is the perfect lead in. So we'll get into your presentation. Yes. Yeah, so in, in this presentation, I wanted to connect the dots between the rubbery clot, some of the chemical analysis that we've done, and then this whole aspect of mind control and transhumanism. And uh, this is kind of a Sherlock Holmes investigating crimes against humanity. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I certainly have found some very curious connections. So this is what we are doing. We are playing scientific Sherlock Holmes. And I just want to briefly review with people just the visuals of the beginning uh, that Dr. David Nixon, who invited me to look at uh, the C-19 shots, and uh, this was the first time we ever looked at it. 
And this particular video has more meaning now than ever, because in going back at it and looking at these blinking lights that I now uh, certainly believe are quantum dots that I've now seen are a uh, key in self-assembling, these kind of metallic objects that are swimming around, that's been very, very important to this discovery process. And uh, as we have seen previously so you can you can literally see that these things are intelligently uh involved in creating this object uh which we believe is nanotechnology and so, so can, can um, i just pause you and ask you what's led you to believe that that's quantum dot so what's interesting is I started to see these things in the human blood, but then also remember I looked at embalmed blood and uh, what I saw was that there are changing colors from blue to uh, red to yellow. And uh, I actually filmed that in human unvaccinated blood. And so that's when I uh, researched uh, that self-assembling quantum dots are really uh, part of this technology. Karen Kingston discussed it. And uh, there isn't a whole lot natural that changes colors like that in the human body. Right. And then remember these chips that uh, Dr. David Nixon found, uh, these these black chips and then these uh, optical communication cables that we then started in human blood. And I, I, I'm going to remind you of this later when we're looking at some very interesting findings from another researcher in 2011 of an actual brain chip uh, that was found. Um, so remember that these are the filaments that we see in the blood. And then what happened was that my journey took a whole different Sherlock Holmes type of a turn when I uh, connected with Clifford Carnicum. And I had previously discussed these findings of, you know, electrically uh, using a low level electrical current on unvaccinated blood and changing it into this filamental uh, structure. Um, and then we isolated the uh, the filaments. And then we did uh, an analysis that's literally like a fingerprint. Imagine you're on a crime scene and you're endeavoring to see, you know, who has done it. And so uh, we uh, analyzed the genesis of these filaments and did this near-infrared spectroscopy and uh, and found this table. And this is, if you think about like a DNA analysis, this is kind of like a chemical DNA. DNA light fingerprint. And I want to keep it simple for people, but what's really important is this fingerprint uh, will give us some answers later on, on other studies that have proven that there was clearly nanotechnology involved and found in people uh, that had a brain tumor removed. And I want you just to look at a couple groups. This is polyamide. So these are all part of hydrogel, alkenes, and polyenes, and I'll explain those a little bit. Again, you see there's lots of amide proteins here. You can see things like silicone, and everyone knows that silicone is used for technology, for example. Alcohols, those are also part of hydrogel construction and sulfur. So we're going to get back to this, but let's imagine these numbers are a fingerprint that we now have and we can use to, uh, you know, do some f further Sherlock Holmes um, work. 
So just to remind people, polymeric alcohols are part of plastics and hydrogels. And remember, I found this rubber-like materials in the clot. And polyamides are also polymers, and they are used to create hydrogels. And hydrogels, remember, that was this self-assembling programmable matter that uh, we saw as filamental structures grow in the blood, and it creates uh, these blood clots. And we've actually proven that, and I'll, I'll share some of those results. But hydrogels are part of smart materials and soft robotics and tissue engineering. So that kind of goes into this broader transhumanist agenda and synthetic biology of why we need to learn about this. And I'm literally endeavoring to translate complicated science in a, in a digestible way because every human being should know about what are the basic components of this technology that's trying to make us into cyborgs. So here you can see that these alkenes and polyens, which we also found uh, as a signature, is actually this stuff called polyethylene glycol. That's part of Pfizer's lipid nanoparticle structures. And you can see that pegylated hydrogels are used for all kinds of uh, modalities, including, you know, releasing medications. And when I later show you what I found in insulin, all of this will make some sense because these are also carriers to deliver, for example, medication, but the stuff can then continue to self-assemble. And then, by the way, this butanel, which also has been found in these filaments that were sprayed via geoengineering, is also a polyene and alkene. So we have an idea about the fingerprint here, and we have an idea about what these things are doing in our story of, of cyborg uh, transformation. So now we are, are looking for a fingerprint match in the human blood because we wanted to know okay so now we know that this this thing exists and it appears that the filaments have these specific signatures can we find this in human blood and then we did this particular study and remember we found it in vaccinated and unvaccinated blood there was yes. a, a a match and uh, it was the same chemicals, the alkenes, the polyenes, and the polyamides. So also remember with this associated is a, low, uh, a decrease in electricity in the human blood, a pretty substantial up to 47%. So now we want to tie into this sort of background review a new test that we did that and and really understand potentially where where does mind control come in and this whole idea about creating automatons and making the soul and the spirit as a thing of the past and how can the blood findings help us maybe with this and it turns out we did a new test that looked at something very interesting because initially we really didn't find any differences between 
vaccinated and unvaccinated blood. That's part, you know, was a big stunning thing because we would expect that there is a difference. But, uh, you know, we then think, okay, because of shedding, because of environmental geoengineering, we saw the same filaments in the rainwater, we saw it in the mask, you know, maybe there was an awash. So what we then did was we took samples of vaccinated blood and unvaccinated blood and exposed it to frequencies from zero hertz to 25,000 hertz. This is called uh, impedance spectroscopy, and it it looks for a resonance point of how does the blood, uh, you know, react to different frequencies. And we found something that I find so stunning because at four hertz, there was a marked difference and the vaccinated blood had a huge response as compared to the unvaccinated blood that didn't respond at all. Wow. And the the reason why this is important and why I think this is so significant, and I want to explain the physics here, but it's it's again, uh, you know, in a in a hopefully simplified way. So our Earth has a resonant frequency. It's called the Schumann resonance. It's at seven point eight three hertz, and because of the size of our planet, there really isn't anything natural that's vibrating below below that. But there is something called HARP, called High Active Auroral Research Projects, which was classified and was used for things like weather warfare uh, that, uh, that actually does. And it turns out that in our finding, we found a, a potential variation in this uh extremely low frequency response between vaccinated and unvaccinated blood. And we um, look at this in the context of Clifford Carnicum's work for 30 years, because he investigated this uh, when the question of more gallons was really coming up and he was trying to find answers. And he uh, went ahead and he documented in many, many measurements that there indeed is this four hertz ambient field all around the globe uh, that uh, that is artificial. And that is uh, is being produced by HARP. And there is a couple uh, implications to this. How do we know that? How do we know that HARP specifically is, is producing that? Okay, because here, these are the measurements. So these uh, were measurements in many different areas of the world, including Utah, Santa Fe. This has been duplicated in in South America. And there are are instruments that can show that there is a global ambient field that is, is resonating at four hertz. And that is giving us a very specific, here you see this in Utah, a uh, something that should not be there and this is clearly artificial because nothing can resonate a natural uh, uh, slower than the earth because nothing is bigger than that and uh, let me just go back here to this point here real quick because there's a second uh, uh, thing to this there's something called cyclotronic resonance which a brilliant uh, doctor figured out uh, dr robert becker who really understood that our body is electric 
And he found out that certain ions have a resonance and that you can manipulate these ions if with certain frequencies. And it turns out that there's a harmonic of four hertz that's related to the potassium channel. I just want you to park this in your in your mind because I'm going to explain this this uh, significance. So here you see that that clearly over de over decades uh, this has been monitored, and there was always a hush up because uh, you know Clifford tried to uh, alert government agencies about this, ask questions about it, and everybody always said anything about harp. Uh, people were just conspiracy theorists, and they were crazy. So what can, can extremely low frequency do to the human health? This is important to understand. So there are six main effects. Number one, it can control the brain. And this was the, the biggest aspect of, uh, that, that sort of mainstream was trying to, um, uh, poo poo the concerns of many researchers. But if you think about that, our brain, actually our subconscious mind in the theta brainwaves is at four hertz. So you, it's been absolutely proven, and I will show documentation, that you can control uh, uh, mood, behavior, thought patterns via four hertz. You can disrupt the, how the cells function, and you can suppress the immune system at that uh, frequency. You can modify DNA. You can uh, increase free radical formation, which accelerates your aging process. And so these are very, very important to the metabolism of the human body. Plus, then we have this thing with potassium. So if you think about potassium, how important that is, what does potassium do? Well, if you have a problem with too much or too low of potassium, you can get heart arrhythmias and you can get sudden cardiac death. You can get weakness, you can feel lightheaded, you get muscle cramping, paralysis. So potassium is a pretty important thing. So we thought that this was a pretty significant finding that warrants further investigation. So this yeah. on top of the tech that's in, so this, this, is, this can cause this without the tech. That's, that's right. So there's something, what, what we found is that the blood of the vaccinated has a specific sensitivity to be manipulating via this extremely low frequency. Wow. And uh, we always thought, remember everybody was talking about 5G and that that's going to manipulate people. And we've done studies and experiments with 5G. And like we, we, I, I personally have done it with the blood in terms of uh, seeing whether or not the clotting is enhanced. And it's not. And we've done this in vaccinated and unvaccinated blood. So, so it's just interesting. Maybe it is this frequency range that, that is more of what the difference is. And we really need to look at this because if you, if you look at the full spectrum dominance that Ilana Freeland discusses, the space fence, and and really when when uh, the mind is uploaded into the cloud, and then uh, uh, you know the metaverse controlled via satellites, you know this is what is being used as an ambient control field, and well, this I, could. Can I ask you a could, question, Doctor Anna? Yes. Because yes. we we have uh, we we I, I conducted a re uh, recent interview with Hope and Tavon researchers from Morocco. They're 
big fans of your work. They've used a lot of your research for their research. Uh, for, for anyone who hasn't seen that, it's up on zoomedia.com. Everyone should see that interview. But um, they were talking about, about 7G and beyond. Uh, they're talking about, you know, um, in the in the terahertz ranges that is sort of no man's land. What Are there any ways of seeing what the implication is for those frequencies? Or are we thinking that that's not even really... Um, even required to achieve this desired result of mind control and so on. I don't believe that people that natural humans can survive six G because it shreds DNA. So uh, it, there's just no way. Cyborgs might be able to handle it, uh, uh, but in terms of getting into seven G and all that, it, it's just it's so. Uh, uh, detrimental to the cellular structures. Uh, I, I simply don't think that it's uh, it's congruent with survival. That's right. That's right. what what I've uh, you know understood from the physics of it. But if the human being is modified enough with the technology that they're trying to merge us with, is it possible that that would somehow be powering the human? I mean, I don't know. This is a bit of a strange question, but is it possible? Yeah, it- Yes. So literally a humanoid robot or ultimately like Ray Kurzweil is talking about that initially they want to just merge biology with technology to have a humanoid robot. But then they they want more and more that the biology becomes a thing of the past to where eventually you only have the machine left. And and so, of course, a machine would be able to handle way different frequency ranges than a biological organism does. Um, So... In in terms of uh, you know this this uh, delta brainwaves, our brain uh, operates in in the subconscious realm in deep REMs, uh, deep sleep uh, up to four hertz, and then four to seven hertz is more your dream phase, and then you get into theta and alpha states. So you can see that the subconscious mind really can be substantially programmed at that frequency, and um, there are are studies that, for example. Look at anxiety behaviors, memory retention, uh, that that there's all kinds of connect uh, cognitive behavior that can be affected through these uh, electronic weapon systems, uh, really. You can see that electromagnetic field of this extremely low frequency can DNA strand breaks and cause things like childhood leukemia and other cancers. So, uh, and and again, you know, this was uh, the the physical control of the mind has been studied by the military for a long time. And Nick Baggage, Dr. Nick Baggage discussed that heart will produce 50 times more the energy needed to override normal brain function. And uh, he obviously published Angels Don't Play This Harp and has been warning about this technology for a long time. What I want to discuss now is a little bit more the the research about what the military thinks about this and DARPA, because really we need to ask this question. So in 1998, uh, Timothy L. Thomas wrote this, uh, says the mind has no firewall for the U.S. Army War College. And uh, what he was discussing that that uh, the human body is much like a computer that contains a lot of data processors. And uh, there's the chemical electrical activity of the brain, heart and peripheral nervous system. 
And look, he says that these data processes of the human body may be manipulated or debilitated. There's a new arsenal of weapons that can introduce subliminal messages. So this would be in the extremely low frequency hertz range to to incapacitate people, to aim to control or alter the psyche, attack various sensory and data processing systems of the human organism. The goal is to confuse or destroy the signals that normally keep the body in equilibrium. And so this is looking at energy-based weapons, psychotronic weapons, and other uh, developments designed to alter the ability of the human body to process uh, stimuli. So you understand that HARP could be considered a psychotronic energy-based weapon, okay? So we all know about... uh, Dr. James Giordano, who discussed weaponizing brain science, and uh, he discussed that uh, uh, that certainly the the he was working on creating the human machine networks for optimizing operational performance, and uh, he did a lot of research about this, and also discussed how to manipulate and control people's mind for warfare purposes, and do so in very insidious ways. So this is this is well known by now to a lot of people. Um, and here I wanted to just uh, say this was a June 1973 article that looks at psychophysiological effects of extremely low frequency. And in 1973, they knew that you can change the neuroenergetic functioning, protein lipid activity. You can change reaction time, the timing of behavior, oxygen uptake, you can modify hormones, you can change cardiovascular function, and you can make the blood clot. Wow. Hey, so this was known in 1973. Um, So... As we are playing Sherlock Holmes here, so I'm just putting, I'm painting a picture. You understand that that I'm trying to understand, you know, who are the players and, and how can this be related? And I'm just sharing this with the audience. So what is the common thread? Look well, at I, this. I just want to say here, Dr. Anna, that that everything you're sharing right now, the effects that the injected specifically, because when we... When we did our interview and um, and you shared your research about the blood of the injected looking the same as the uninjected, similar stuff being found, I thought, how come the injected are dying and the uninjected are not? Um, the uninjected are not getting myocarditis. It's it's the injected that are getting it. And we know that shedding's real and yet we are still okay. Um, and then I, I sort of hypothesized that this may be the consent aspect on a spiritual level. You consented to this. Therefore, you were subject to the effects of it, whereas the people that um, are unwillingly being hit with this with this bioweapon, are, um, they never consented. So it's like, no, you can't touch me. I, I kind of, that's that's how I made sense of it in my mind. But what we're talking about here is potentially even the the whole mRNA narrative, as Karen's been talking about, is is complete nonsense in terms of uh, the weapons systems are far more advanced than just mRNA. This is something external as well that is affecting the injected people. Am I right in in my train of thought here? 
So potentially, remember, we're still playing Sherlock Holmes. And yeah. I just want to, again, you know, paint a picture. I cannot say this is absolutely it. But when I saw that difference on on ELF, I, that piqued my interest. And this is why I did this deep dive of, okay, explain to me how this all could be related. And mm-hmm. so what is the common thread? Check out this word DARPA. So DARPA... Uh, actually was one of the funding agencies for the high-frequency active oral research project, uh, including with the U.S. Air Force and U.S. Navy. What's also interesting about DARPA was they provided $25 million in financial support to Moderna in 2013 to pursue the mRNA antibody drugs and vaccines. So DARPA also is involved in the brain initiative. And what is one of their absolute main things that they want to do? It's the, it's the brain neural engineering system design and the interface between machines and the brain. And then look at this. DARPA invests in nanoparticles that permeate the brain uh, to control neural signals. Uh, and uh, so this this paper was updated in 19, uh, in uh, 2021. So I went a little bit deeper and I said, OK, what are other connections? So remember, DARPA hired Pfizer to perform groundbreaking vaccine research in 2013. And they gave them $7.7 million to rewrite the rules uh, of how vaccines are created and diseases are created. And then it turns out that uh, uh, they also funded Moderna, but two other pharmaceutical companies, which is Pfizer and CureVac. And in addition to uh, small laboratories at the Imperial College in London and the People's Liberation uh, Army Academy of Military Sciences in China, Mm -hmm. CureVac funded by China. So then look at this. Here is 2014, CureVac and Sanofi Pasteur were supposed to develop an mRNA prophylactic vaccine. They got uh, in 2011, $33 million from DARPA, and they had a partner here called About Incel Art. And what did uh, uh, Incel Art specialize in? Nanotechnology and lipids and polymers. Wow. You know what I'm researching are polymers for hydrogel. So way back when DARPA had already brought together these companies that were uh, specializing so in vaccine delivery as well as uh, brain technology, you have you have the heart connection, you have nanotechnology and So here in this paper, when it discusses that the DARPA is funding nanoparticles that permeate the brain to read neural signals, uh, it it, it really discusses that uh, that someday, which we know that by the time it kind of gets out in the mainstream media, they've already done it in secret uh, uh, government uh, projects. They're able to flood your head with millions of nanoparticles that can read your neural signals from the inside and relay them to a network computer. And uh, so uh, he's developed these magnetoelectric nanoparticles that travel through your bloodstream. So uh, this is, again, interesting because DARPA 
obviously was was involved with that. And then I went back historically and I said, you know, so in 2012, DARPA had these kinds of ambitions. They wanted to, a way to scrub blood like uh, in dialysis to remove an infection or foreign bodies and harmful agents. I wonder if they were thinking about polymers and nanoparticles then. They wanted to develop nanobots in the human body to uh, monitor a person's health. Uh, they wanted to uh, have implantable nanoparticles uh, that can sense molecules of biological in interest. They wanted to make a gene machine to produce gene therapies. And they wanted to create technology to integrate with the nervous system because they really liked the idea of cyborgs. This has been going on since, you know, the uh, uh, since a long time. Yeah. And DARPA has been the initiator of it all. So then um, I want to get back to our research. So you have a little bit of this background uh, view. And then the clubs really hold the answers because uh, what happened was that uh, uh, Clifford and I, we received clots from Richard Hirschman. Then we received clots from a living vaccine injured person and a clot from somebody who's unvaccinated. And we did multiple tests with it. And so the first on, thing was this that clot of the unvaccinated person, this like they were developing a strange clot like we've seen in the vaccinated. No. So what happened was the in the vaccine injured and the unvaccinated blood was drawn and it was allowed to clot. Oh, and then that okay. clot was sent to us. I see. For analysis. Yeah. And so uh, so the first thing was that the deceased clot looked like rubber just by looking at it. This doesn't look normal. Right. And then we did microscopy, which shows the exact same filaments that we've been seeing in the blood. Uh, Clifford calls them cross domain bacteria. Don't care what you call them. They're hydrogel uh, like filaments. And it's completely consistent with everything that we've seen so far. So then what we did was the remember the fingerprint. And we looked at what is the fingerprint of these clots? Well, it turned out they were all the same. They had the same fingerprint and they had the same hydrogel signatures. So here's the polyins, which is that polyethylene glycol, primary amarat, uh, aromatic amine and polyamide. Remember that was that protein that was yes. uh, also making hydrogel. So all of these, these things look very similar. Alcohols are like the vinyl alcohols. So then they have all the same signatures, but what was different was the amount of blood uh, in the in the living clots, it still had some uh, blood cells with it mixed within versus the deceased blood clot was just pure rubber. And um, so it literally had used the substrate of the blood to create this clot. And this is something that I have seen in uh, in humans uh, live develop. So then we we did uh, testing just to make sure, like, how can we dissolve this thing? And guess what? This thing is like a rubber and none of the caustic agents that we use, like strong sulfuric acid, strong sodium hydroxide, which is lye, 
acetone, alcohol, toluene. We use stripper, petrol, deed, fuel injector cleaner. I mean, these are just the total abrasive chemicals did absolutely nothing wow. to these clots. Okay. So uh, that was kind of an awakening because that meant that we need to really prevent their their assembly uh, because once they have assembled, it's very challenging to disrupt this. Then I found some research, which is a real twist. Sorry, in the Dr. Story. Anna, can I just yeah. ask you with the with the ways that you tried to break down the clots again? Is that um, the same for the vaxxed and unvaxxed person? We're using the word vax just for the audience. No, we all know it's not a vaccine. We're just using that word for now. Uh, was it the same or is this just the vaccinated individual? So uh, these these clots, we used the, the one that was from the deceased, but we yes. did the experiments with all of the clots. And if you see that all of the clots had developed hydrogel, which I've also shown, you know, with the light, but if you just let it sit, there's like this rubber uh, rubber part. That's pure rubber. And that's, that part is what we tried to dissolve with all of these chemicals, and it would not dissolve. So even the uninjected individual? Yes. And I have shown that the uninjected has the same rubber material as if it was vaxxed now from shedding, and it's been getting worse. Absolutely. Yes. I've shown that, unfortunately. Okay. So here's a twist in the story. Uh, I found some research which was incredible for me, okay? And when I find some some research like this, I mean, I go down every nook and cranny and I look at it. There was a toxicologist in 2012 who uh, was actually studying Morgellons, and there was a lady who thought that she was attacked by a microwave weapon. And after that, she developed these headaches. She got checked out and she developed a meningioma. And she had that meningioma surgically removed. And guess what? It wasn't a meningioma. It was a brain microchip. And then uh, at the same time, there were uh, different individuals that had growth from their nose and a couple from their ears from different places. And she did the toxicology assessment of these, meaning figuring out what are these things made of. And presented these at the third annual War Council of Natural Solutions Foundation in 2012. And when I saw this, I was like, this is amazing. So she discussed that at that time already, that Morgellons were really nano machines for the ultimate control and implant of false memory for mind control. And that she, what she had found in her research was that nanotubes, nanorods, nanowires uh, were able to make these nanoradios and, and remote control these people and influence them. And she called the, the technology that she retrieved from the bodies of these individuals mesogens because they're what's called liquid crystals, but they have a smart function and they're used as brain chip biosensors, okay? And so what was very interesting about this 
was that this was part of this uh, this growth, this meningioma. She she did very detailed analysis with uh, electron microscopy, EDS, SEM. So these are very very uh, intense and specific uh, modalities of of looking at it. And what she found was hydroxyapatite, which is which is kind of like a kidney stone and a protein polymer. And guess what? It's a polyamide. It's the same stuff that we are wow. finding. And it couldn't and, be cut with anything but a diamond saw. That's right. So here she had an ear canal specimen. And look at this. So she found silicon, sulfur, chloride, potassium, calcium, glycerol, which is an alcohol and an amide polymer. Same stuff that we found. And she figured, found out that this was an animal protein. It wasn't human. Remember all the Morgellons people, how they were uh, genetically, you know, uh, uh, making different um, uh, like insect uh, parts. And so this is this is a, a foreign uh, protein. It's not human uh, that was part of these specimens. But if you look here, there's a complete match. Here's a polyamide, amide protein. Here's an alcohol, silicone, sulfur. You see these are the same things that we are finding in the human blood now in terms of this technology. Dr. Anna, so do any of these things belong in the human blood in, in any quantity at all, usually? So a polyethyl and glycol, clearly not, because that's inorganic. Polyamides can be in the human blood, but the way they're, uh, that it's used as a polymer, uh, you know, that's not natural. But if you see right here what we find, remember these things? You see these little squares? Yes. She chemically analyzed them, and there are actually graphite. So this is your your uh, uh, graphene oxide, and uh, they also had uh, had Raman spectroscopy, and this called this glycerine, which is a, a, a sister to glycerol, which will show up in insulin in a little bit. We're we're Sherlock Holmesing here, so just bear with me. But remember this: doesn't that look just like? All right, so it's it's graphite, uh, which is a derivative of of um, of graphene, and it's uh, it does not belong in the human body. And uh, so the other component was consistent with glycerine and this marvinol. So I will explain this because glycerine and glycerol are chemically related, and this is what I found in the insulin. So what she figured out was these biomaterials are DNA tags and sensors that are using polyamides. Remember, we're, that's what we're finding everywhere, polyamides. Yes. And, and so these, uh, this uh, stuff is also uh, related to nickel, and nickel was found at high levels within patients' blood. This is also what I find in people's blood. And then this information... Uh, was sponsored by the Department of Defense because these brain research, biosensory research, was granted by U.S. Nanocorp, University of Connecticut, Lifeboat Foundation, Dr. David Reisner at Rice University. And under military application, there have been projects that deal with the specific tasks of textile biosensors, lab on a chip, and this was the U.S. Army, U.S. Air Force in the 1990s by the Naval Air Warfare Ch Center in China Lake. 
Very interesting. So what does that have to do with people? And um, now we go to what I find in the blood, because again, I'm looking for patterns. How can I piece this picture together that makes sense? And so uh, what we did was we remember we have the fingerprint of the deceased clot. Yes. This is a living person, and they had a blood clot on their leg, superficial. And we took a near-infrared spectroscopy fingerprint of the area of the clot and the surrounding uh, skin and just kind of uh, uh, did a subtraction and said, okay, what is the signature fingerprint of this clot, and how does it relate to the uh, to the uh, the dead clots, the deceased clots? And guess what? We found the match in the polyamide region. Uh, so the both clots, the deceased clot and the living unvaxxed clot, have a huge chemical peak in this polyamide protein. Interesting. <sighs> So what does it look like in the blood? And here I want to uh, just kind of update you on what I'm seeing now in the blood, which has really, really accelerated and very concerning. Remember, I'm looking at unvaccinated blood. So what I started seeing was this mesh. You know, I had found that these spheres are actually construction sites. They're full of this quantum dot metal-like technology. And you can see how the blood is being replaced um, uh, with uh, with these, these uh, spheres that are little polymers and they're using the blood as a substrate to grow. And then you, uh, you see all of these blinking lights, like the red and blue lights uh, uh, here, for example, that look like these quantum dots. Here are pieces of hydrogel. But you see, this is a live blood drop that is being transformed into a rubbery clot as we speak. And so here you can see what I call quantum dots. And the reason why I again call them is because these are blinking lights. None of this is supposed to be in unvaccinated blood. And you can see how this technology is changing the blood and it's transforming it into a clot. You can see this stuff is not supposed to be in a human. I don't care, you know, what you think. Uh, and, and nothing's supposed to blink in the body. Uh, and literally, you see how the blood is in severe, what's called oxidative stress. It's not moving, it, and it's being literally transformed via frequency with this technology. And we know that these quantum dots are used as biosensors. So look at this. Our blue lights aren't supposed to be in a human body. Absolutely not. And and uh, these are not bacteria. This is technology, uh, and and it's 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 um, communicating via optical communication signal to coordinate the growth of this clot that I'm literally filming here. So you can see that there is a polymer network that's being created between these quantum dots. The, the cells are in the center of it, and, and, and they're being used as a substrate to create this rubbery mesh. And... Um, so let me show you what this looks like. If I just let this sit for a little bit, you see that the blood is dead now. And literally the... Uh, is the, this the same the, sample? This is the same sample 20 minutes later. 
And so all of these, these blinking lights, they use the blood. The blood now looks dead to me, and it shouldn't be this fast uh, 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 dead because literally the, the red blood cells are, are um, uh, you know, no longer functional. So if you see here, it's now a network of polymers. She has hydrogel in between. Here's a white blood cell, but it's it's just, it's been used up. So this is what we see on microscopy in these clots of the of uh, of vax unvax as well as the deceased, where the blood has been just completely transformed. Is this you see that? happening quicker now than it, you you noticed it before, Doctor Anna? I've never noticed this before. This is completely new. I've never seen this before. A month ago, never ever, and now I'm seeing this on people. I don't know if they've turned up the frequency or this is brand new stuff. Never seen it. So, so to clarify, it's not that you haven't done this type of test before. It's that the method the the what's happening is changing what's happening is changing at a rapidity that is that is so fast before the blood would just stay you know but it wouldn't just be destroyed in like 20 30 minutes like this absolutely not and then Look at this. This is somebody's blood, unvaccinated, who lives with a vaccinated person. And literally, I put the drop on the slide, and this is what I see, a sheet of hydrogel. This, uh, uh, the, the blood has been replaced, literally. And, and uh, so anybody who's saying, you know, my slides are dirty or the microscopy cover is dirty. I mean, that's nonsense. I clean all of my stuff. This is a clean slide. This is blood that was just put. And what you can see here is this polymer network that is literally replaced the blood everywhere. This is this, uh, and, and in the literature, it's called a polynitrile nano mesh that is using the blood as a substrate and it's creating rubber. And I am filming how it's literally being built, but I was observing this immediately after I put the drop of blood on the on the, the slide. And I'm seeing more and more of this. So this is a live creation of these rubbery clots in the body that has already occurred. Can can people survive with these rubbery clots inside them, Dr. Anna? So, so I, uh, certainly, I, you know, the people that I see are still alive, but I now have people, for example, who have had a uh, um, uh, triple bypass, then a stroke, and then, you know, on full blood thinners, like all of the big blood thinners that, that the regular medical system is using, and uh, and they're still continue to stroke and they continue to have blood clots. And uh, so you see here, there's a big quantum dot and uh, it's just, uh, uh, you know, assembling. So I think that that clearly there is part of this where we are literally observing this in the human blood now. And I think it's very concerning. Um, and uh, remember when I first I came on your show and I actually did the microscopy of the of the vaccinated clots and it was like this sheet of uh, just whitish stuff and then you see a few cells in it. Now I know what that is because I observed it literally in live blood analysis how it's forming the clot. 
it's that the hydrogel is replacing and using our own cells as substrate to create the synthetic meshwork and literally transforming people from the inside into cyborgs. Well, uh, and, and this uh, is consistent with someone like Celeste Solom, for example, who says that the, 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 the complete goal is to replace all biological life with synthetic life. That, that, it's not life, with synthetic biology. That is the goal. I, I I absolutely I see this and it's in the military documents. This was their plan. And what my concern is is that it certainly is uh is uh um you know accelerating because like I said, what I'm seeing is evolving and I'm not crazy, I'm not making this up. This is why I take videos so that people who you know doubt what I'm doing, it's like you take a look and tell me. But what I want to show you now, which is so interesting, was, you know, my mind was blown when I started looking at insulin. And uh, it turns out that, remember Sanofi, which I told you earlier, they, in, in 2011, with Pfizer, were told to create vaccines. And Sanofi is the producer of Lantus Insulin. And uh, so Lantus contains uh, three ingredients outside of the insulin, which is this m which is a toxic substance that's made from coal that literally is a hazard to the uh, to health. Uh, uh, you know, it causes like gangrene and brain edema and all kinds of things. But then here's glycerol. Remember the the brain chip lady who was talking about glycerin and and this other chemical that's actually glycerol. So glycerol is used for soft robotics and it's used to create, uh, again, microchips. And what is polysorbate is 20 molecules of polyethylene glycol, the same stuff that's the lipid nanoparticle technology of Pfizer. So literally, they have the same stuff in there. And I want to show you this video and, and really show. So remember that, you know, these filaments when they would develop. So I, I kept this insulin drop, you know, on the slide. And I'm just observing what is uh, uh, um, what is forming. And so I'm, I'm looking around with the microscope and I see this thing. You see this thing move right here. I'm like, what is that? You see how, how uh, there's something moving? And I am looking here that, you know, there's a bunch of blue dots here, blinking lights. This is just Lantus insulin. And I'm watching that the same technology is uh, is being formed and it's starting to create these, these hydrogel filaments. But what I want to show you is then I go and look for any activity uh, and and so look at this, just just right here. I mean, my jaw dropped when I saw this. You can see how here's a self-assembly and you see like ants, they are literally uh, transporting hydrogel. You can see the little blinking lights. Yes. So these are pieces of hydrogel. Here's another piece of hydrogel and they're literally uh, manufacturing the clot and I filmed it. Check this out. Here's a piece of hydrogel. This is, they have just attached right here. Here's a bunch of nanorobots who are working to make it bigger and to pack it on. Here's the, you know, the other crew that's bringing this stuff down the road and they are growing uh, uh, this hydrogel filament 
that will develop into a clot in the human body as we speak. So nobody can tell me there's no self-assembly because I filmed it right here. This is insulin. And you see this is formed hydrogel. Looks exactly like the stuff that we see in the blood. Here are the blinking, what I call quantum dot lights. And here's this army of nanorobots growing this stuff and, uh, and uh, you know, growing it larger and larger and larger. I mean, you cannot deny this. Dr. Anna, we've seen these these rubbery clots. We've seen the result of, of, of you know, what they come to be. And Richard Hirschman's shown, you know, a full leg length of these clots um, in deceased people. What? else and i don't know how possible it is to look at other organs um and you know it's it's kind of creepy talking about it but but what else could 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 what other organs could this be happening in could this be replacing neural networks i mean i think it is um what does that look like is there any way to to find out I mean, absolutely. It can, it can replace organ tissues. I mean, you see that now we know these blinking lights is what we see in the blood as well. I just showed you in live blood how how these polymer uh, mesh networks are replacing the blood. The blood is an organ, and it's replacing the organ of blood with hydrogel polymers, creating these clots. So literally, this is proof that this self-assembly is happening. And if it's if it's being injected from a diabetic two and three times a day because they need this insulin to live on, then literally they are changing into soft robots. And, and is, it is replacing, uh, it can merge with any of the cells. It can create clots. It can, you know, but, but here we have for the first time, look at these blinking lights. This is intelligent coordination of growth of this stuff. It's clearly artificial intelligence. You cannot tell me that this belongs in an insulin shot. This is high-level advanced nanotechnology uh, that's been caught on camera creating the, the very clots that we have identified that people are dying suddenly from. And guess what? The chemical signatures are a total match, polyethylene glycol and this uh, uh, glycol stuff. This is this is, uh, you know, the same technology that was in the C19 vial. So if you're asking how do people die suddenly and create these huge rubbery clots, you're looking at it. This is how it works. Okay, so the goal is obviously to kill off a huge amount of the population but also transform the human being. So you mentioned before about a frequency that uh the that is it, there seems to be a difference with how the frequency affects the uh uninjected versus the injected i'm presuming you mean the covid injected how then say someone was taking insulin but they weren't covid injected would this process still be happening 
something is happening for sure. And now, you know, that Dr. David Nixon and I, I mean, he looked at dental anesthetics. I confirmed his findings. I looked at Benadryl and dexamethasone, the same hydrogel is in there. I mean, uh, you know, what if the entire medical system has literally been weaponized against humanity and it's either creating disease, accelerated aging, and then, you know, you can have a near miss with, uh, you know, with either strokes, heart attacks or whatever else. I mean, this stuff, if it's hijacking your life force, it's also going to cause cancer and other things. It doesn't belong in medications. This is criminal. This is not uh, all right. It shouldn't be in a medication. Absolutely not. It's just the same as uh, the nanotechnology should have never been in the C-19 shot. And what people need to wake up to is that our medications are not safe. And literally, they are contributing to depopulation everywhere. This yes. is unreal. Look at what we found here. Yes. I mean, it's absolutely astounding, Dr. Anna. And I'm, I am, uh, what I'm trying to do here is because I'm, I, I'm holding on to this sort of consent thing. I didn't consent to going out and breathing uh, the geoengineering. I didn't consent to this being put in my food. And that that frequency issue that you mentioned at the start really stuck with me where there is a difference when we're talking about HARP as a weapon system between the injected and uninjected. I wonder what is what does that mean in light of this? I don't know, but you know, I have a colleague, Dr. Joe Sansoni, with whom I'm, uh, I'm on the board of directors for the National American Renaissance Movement, and he's a type one diabetic, and he just had a triple bypass, and he's wondering, did this cause this? I mean, he feels like he's being absolutely held hostage, and I'm not telling anybody to stop their insulin, but we need to clean up the insulin supply, the medication supply. We need to make this safe. What about dental anesthetics? If you are going in to get, you know, tooth pulled you're being injected with nanotechnology i mean we need to clean this up and and there needs to be an outrage really uh race of all people against these these big pharma companies that that uh you know that are doing this to people and uh this is not all right and we have to say no to this i absolutely agree and i think that there needs to be as i've said from the start more people need to be understanding this is happening they need to accept it until they realize this is real um they, and, and we have doctors joining in to say this is real this is happening you know more and more of humanity is going to be poisoned potentially killed it's not just the COVID injections perhaps they were one of the biggest distractions to the fact that this is happening in more than just the COVID shots uh, you know, no one's talking about the dangers of dental anesthetics, but you and Dr. Nixon and, you know, the, your team. I mean, no one is talking about that. We're all talking about the danger of the COVID injections. What about the fact that this is in dental anesthetics? What about the fact that they found it in insulin? What if that's not safe for people to take anymore? People depend on that to survive. I mean, they, they, we, we, it's, it's, it's high time we face the music and more doctors talk about this. Dr. Anna, I, I don't know what more to say. Yes, absolutely. I agree, you know, and uh, just to show you real quick, this is the dental anesthetic that I that I confirmed, Dr. David Nixon's findings. You can see this is classic hydrogel that's in a very active form, uh, 
changing uh, changing form. And if I just kind of, you know, go a little bit fast forward here, in a second, you see these bubbles that I also see in the blood. This is clearly a polymer that starts to develop things. And then um, if if you see here in just a, uh, just a little bit, the fact that these nanostructures and nano microchips are developing. So you see right here uh, is a chip developing. I just want you to look uh, here in these other uh, areas because within seconds, you see here that this isn't just a salt crystal. I mean, this is crazy how fast this develops, right? And this is the classic chips, microchip-like structures that we've seen. And, uh, it, you know, here in 30 seconds, you can see how it develops. Uh, this is live. Uh, and this dental anesthetic was sent to me by uh, the uh, the scientific liaison for the International um, Academy for uh, Oral Medicine and Toxicology that represents 1,400 uh, dentists in the United States. And they just wanted to ask me, hey, can you look at our dental anesthetics and see what happens? And I said, yeah, I found it. Here it is. And I filmed it and I sent them all this stuff. And uh, But it's like, wow, so what do all the dentists do now uh, You know, with this information? So we need more Sherlock Holmes. And today I wanted to make it kind of lighthearted, but you can see, boy, there's a lot to contemplate. And I am not saying that everything is as it is as I see it, but it sure brings up a lot of questions. And part of being a scientific investigator is to be able to ask these questions and to not just, uh, just uh, you know, cannot see things, we cannot talk about it. Uh, it's it's very dangerous for humanity and we need to pave the way to just, you know, move forward. So I, again, I want to thank you because you allow that, that uh, you know, the coherence of this information can be presented and it's complicated, I get it, but I want to really encourage people, uh, you know, to take curiosity and to try to to digest some of this information, because that's how you can protect yourself. And obviously, we're working on treatments like the EDTA, like the vitamin C, trying to figure out other things. But but it's like, you know, there needs to be a time for real activism, because I don't think that humanity has a lot of time if we just twiddle our thumbs and just say, oh, we're just going to keep going like this, because uh, I, I don't know how somebody can... Uh, uh, you know, still be alive when I'm seeing rubber literally form in their blood. Scary. It's very alarming, Dr. Anna. I, for, on a personal level, I'd love to ask you to maybe dig deeper into that frequency that seems to be affecting people differently, um, whether they're injected or uninjected. I think it'll give a lot of people a lot of hope. Just that one finding is is pretty is pretty astronomical. Um, but the everything that you've shown us to date, I mean, it all lines up with the globalist plans. I've read their documentation on synthetic biology. I've read patents. I've read so much about graphene and how uh, how they they plan to use it in in medicine in future because it was conductive and it was like this miracle material. It was flexible. It was thin. It was strong. It's you know all of these. Um, different uses that they described many years ago uh hydrogel everything that you're talking about is is documented it can be you can find a multitude of studies on this stuff and i might do a series specifically on that um in, in the near future we'll see how we go but um 
I guess, Dr. Anna, just again, you've found that EDTA is helping, um, but not at the scale that we need it to, correct? Uh, well, I definitely think that the EDTA is helping. The problem is, is that people are more and more contaminated. And, and so if we have six liters of blood to clean that up requires a lot, a pretty high doses. I've also found that vitamin C is very, very helpful. So that's much more accessible, but you have to take, you know, high enough doses. Uh, I would at least shoot for 10,000 milligrams. And then anything we can do as a, as an antioxidant electron donor, staying away from frequency again, I truly believe that at this point, also our our again spiritual outlook, our our just emotional fortitude to stay optimistic and hopeful, but also demand uh, uh, um, you know action. So this is why I became a member of the National American Renaissance Movement because you know they filed grand jury indictments for crimes against humanity, for murder, for all kinds of uh, crimes in New Jersey and in Florida. We want to bring this to every state in the United. States, the band of jabs is also going around. And I think that people need to wake up and just, you know, fight, 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 whatever you think about this, you know, it's cer certainly disconcerting. And and we need to fight for our survival and really make a stop to uh, to these people who just want to kill us and our biosphere uh, that just uh, they cannot pass. It's the it's it's the at the point where people really need to start apl applying that pressure to freedom doctors to investigate this and give some answers uh, from their perspective as well, but in investigate it properly, um, not for, you know, a couple of minutes under a slide and say, no, no, that's not what it is when you can clearly see there's something there. Uh, so, you know, I really think that, um, I, I really think that that's, that's something that people need to be demanding, Dr. Anna. It, it really is um, in, in the list of all of the demands that people need to be making right now. This is one of the top reasons um, one of the top focus areas because you're talking about the World Health Organization coming in with more in, in mandatory injections, um, which is a direct delivery system. We're talking about now people who are uninjected having this stuff found in them. You know, you showed us a, a person that lived with an injected person um, having been found in them two years down the track. Like we've finished the the mandatory shots how long ago? Um, you know, so so this is this is potentially even intelligently forming at a much later stage, which you and I have discussed before with Karen Kingston, AI could already be sort of dictating at what point we're going to kill off who. Uh, you know, we need to face this and, and realise it's a possibility and how do we properly tackle this and eliminate it and preserve humanity. Um, your substack, Anna, uh, uh, substack.com, Anna Mahaicha, MD, PhD, uh, is where people can go for further information. Your closing words, Dr. Anna. Uh, it, it needs to not just be the freedom doctor. They have done enough. It needs to be absolutely everyone, every doctor, every scientist, you know, every grassroots, everybody uh, needs to become active and do this. And together we can win this war, but we have to fight. We have to fight now. Yeah, uh, just bringing up your sub stack on the screen for the viewers, for anyone who isn't subscribed, please do so. Dr. Anna does tremendous work. Uh, she is just relentless. She's absolutely relentless in her research and in her service to humanity. So we thank you so much for your time, Dr. Anna. Thank you for this presentation. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be speaking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Maria. Please share this information. 
share it everywhere and demand the attention of people to watch this, listen to it, understand it, explore it. As Dr. Anna said, it's not just the doctors, it's everyone. Everyone needs to be screaming that we need answers. We need more people on this investigating this. Dr. Anna's only one person. Dr. Nixon's only one person. Shimon Yano is... uh, They are only a small group of people that have dedicated literally their lives to investigating this. I cannot believe that we do not have more people on this topic. It's just, it's mind blowing. As I said, during this broadcast, I will be doing a series on transhumanism and agenda 2045 that is coming up next week on uncensored. So please tune in for that. We'll be delving into this further, talking about the concepts that the globalists want to introduce um, or, or, or their thinking around this, that they are planning on implementing. This is in their own documentation. They want to do this to people. They've said it in their own words. And Dr. Anna and others are just exploring the mechanism for how they're going to achieve what they want to do. It's absolutely horrific and it needs to end now. Now, as we continue to expose this, as you all know, we must prepare cyber attacks are an imminent possibility. The economic collapse is an imminent possibility. The BRICS summit is happening this month. You've got CNN talking about how domestic terrorists are going to launch attacks on the power grid, critical infrastructure, hospitals being hacked. Uh, Just so happens to be the week that Senator Paul issued the, uh, the letter for Fauci's criminal charges, essentially. There is a lot happening, and as we make headway, they could launch at any time the massive cyber attack. So please, please go to Heaven's Harvest today. Prepare you and your family for any possible situation. You get 5% off using promo code Z with three E's, and these guys are amazing people, great supporters of this network, of this broadcast, and uh, you know, you're supporting independent media by purchasing through the people that we choose to partner with it creates this parallel economy that we desperately need to keep going outside of their failing system. As well as that, if you're in Australia, head to Gold Bullion Australia Group for all of your bullion needs. These guys are amazing. They will educate you. They will answer any of your tough questions. And I just, I I can't speak highly enough of my personal experience. The first time I ever went to buy gold and silver, I'd never done that before. And I, I just felt so confident in my decision walking out of there so they and they've looked after every single one of our viewers who've gone in there so please do head there today or give them a call and have a chat and finally pray the information that we cover on a lot of these broadcasts is very heavy very difficult for humanity to absorb and believe and tackle when you have such a large task ahead of you with all of the varying aspects of this agenda, it can seem overwhelming. But our strength is not from ourselves. It comes from God. And so I really just encourage people, the more, the darker it gets, the more we need to reach out to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life, the light. And there really is no other sure solution. You know, I I can offer you emergency survival food. I can offer you satellite communications. I can offer you gold. You know, these are things that I've implemented in my personal life to prepare on this earth, but the preparation that humanity needs far exceeds this earth. And I know that there are people that aren't Christians that watch this broadcast. I'm telling you because I love you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life.
Please share this information everywhere. Get doctors to listen to it. Get regular people to listen to it. Get them to consider what Dr. Anna is presenting here. We need more people to speak up about this. You have my word that I won't stop. Good night. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you all very soon.